Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So it's a new year. All the anxiety from the holidays is gone. It's evaporated. Everything is back to being good, 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 good. Well, let's uncloset that little craziness because it's not. And I'm not saying we all have to be in that negative space, but my guest today is someone that we have connected professionally through our work. And we're going to uncloset the truth about anxiety, depression, and and all these things that come up. And it, it doesn't have to just be the holiday season, but I felt like right after the holiday season, diving into the brand new year where all those lovely little New Year's resolutions are like haunting us already and making us anxious and all this crap. Um, I thought it would be really good to talk about how do you uncloset your feelings, whether you're gay, straight, bi, what, it doesn't matter. None of the, it, 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 you know, depression, all this does not like select one particular group. And my good friend, Brittany Richmond, who I have the privilege of working with on a daily basis. Um, she's a speaker. She's a dynamic motivator for teens. And I just love her to death. And we both have like some commonalities that we both have struggled with anxiety and depression and continue to do that. And so we're just going to have, we're just going to have a real good conversation about y'all you're, you're seeing your herd and here's how you do it. So, so glad to have you here, friend. Glad you're here with me today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Of course, of course. And it's been an interesting journey because we kind of stumbled into this because you opened up once in a, in a kind of a team chat about what, and then mm -hmm. I'm like, girl, girl <laughs> we need to talk. We need to have a little conversation. And not only did that bind us, but just getting to work together and all that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. So, um, so for you, when did you really start getting a glimpse into this in your life that this was part of, oh, wow, I got to start. Because mine started, I mean, it was a little bit later in life, and I'll share that story in a moment. But when did you really start seeing it for you? Um, I was actually thinking about this because I thought that you would ask me that. And, um, you know, looking back, obviously, I see it in much younger years, mm. um, you know, manifest in different ways. But I didn't honestly know what was going on or what was happening until, you know, mental health professionals actually told me and put a name to what was going on. And it just never occurred to me then, you know, I, I honestly, because we didn't talk about it a lot. I mean, really this conversation around mental health just started in recent years, you know, people really working to end the stigma and talking about it. And, you know, so even having conversations with my mom today, she's like, I didn't know that's what that was. You know, like right. we, just, we just talk about it. We didn't talk about it. Anxiety, nope. depression, nothing, nothing like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, definitely looking back so young, I can see it, but I, after I was told, you know, that this was something that, um, I was struggling with at the time it, it was almost very, I think it was very, I was, or it was right after 
high school really. So it was like 2009, 2008, 2009 that I was in therapy. So that was probably when it was just like aha moments, but that doesn't mean that I came to terms with it then because Mm -hmm. it wasn't until my late twenties and after going through my twenties, which were arguably some of the worst years of my life because I was self-medicating. I was coping in different ways, you know, through, um, you know, just a lot of abuse and trauma, both to me and to other people, you know, really owning a lot of the things that I did that, you know, so that self-reflection and awareness Mm -hmm. and ownership didn't come until my late twenties. So definitely. Mm -hmm. So I find it interesting because there, there seems to be several camps, either people like they figured out really early on mm-hmm. and it depends on, I think there's a lot of stuff there. Like your, your, your family history helps you see that you might be prone to this or suddenly because mm-hmm. you are struggling like in your teens or something, or even younger. I mean, my youngest daughter started struggling really early. Um, we didn't really catch it and weren't able to see everything at that point in time. And then there's like something triggers it. And then you see it for me. <laughs> This is where Rick was really an asshole. So I'm going to own it. I was an asshole big time. My ex-wife and my mom always had issues with depression. I was just like, just get over it. Come on. It, you know, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then about eight years ago, I had an episode where I was like, I just, I can't function. I can't. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is because I was such a jerk. <laughs> to my mom and my ex-wife about their depression and then my doctor actually said he goes i think you're suffering from depression and he goes you seem really anxious lately and i'm like oh shut the hell up what are you doing (laughs) right but then when we had another conversation about it and he said you know maybe you need to do some therapy i'm like i've done tons of therapy i'm a coach i know how to coach my he goes okay he basically told me shut up i'm gonna tell you what you need to do and i want you to go do it right and he goes, and I'm going to put you on some meds. I'm like, no, mm-mm. I, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, <laughs> my little testosterone man stepped in like, and now I can handle this. Just like I can find a damn parking spot or I know the directions to where I'm going. Right. <laughs> and then I got home from that second appointment and I literally sat in my room and just broke down and cried because I'm like, I have no, I have no desire, not suicidal, but no desire to do sure. anything. Mm-hmm. It felt so good to just lay down and curl up with a blanket. And then I kind of got energized. And then as soon as I got up, I'm like, no, I don't feel like doing anything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow doctor's orders and really start doing some stuff. And once I started owning it, I knew I could then work with it. And I think mm-hmm. that's the struggle. I know so many LGBTQ people, this is something that they kind of ignore as they're coming out of the closet and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people that aren't in my community that go through the same thing. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation today, because I think owning our truth around our mental illness and what we struggle with. And I've seen you y'all, you need to go find her, go find her on TikTok everywhere, you know, Instagram, because she does, Brittany does amazing stuff about talking about her truth and what got you feeling like, okay, I can actually talk about this now. Was that part of the healing for you? Um, it was actually a, a complete accident and it, looking back, it probably wasn't the best way to, mm-hmm. to come out and start talking about it. I was in, um, and I was thinking about this because for the life of me, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was like 2015 or 2016. Um, mm-hmm. 
that sounds about right. I was in a very, um, emotionally abusive relationship with a narcissist at the time. Um, and after, of course you see those things afterwards. Right. And you're like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? But, um, I was, I was at home. I was in my apartment at the time. I, you know, I was just still in the throes of everything that was going on mentally and emotionally, but he had this incredible way to just, again, like narcissists do just make you feel like everything's your fault. And you're like constantly apologizing. And you're like, you know, just in that headspace. And I Uh had some sort of emotional breakdown, mental breakdown. And I decided to go live on Facebook. I don't know what happened, but I just was like, I'm going to do this publicly. And I did, I did live streaming on Facebook and I was just hysterical. I was melting down. I was saying how I was feeling, like putting pictures to words, which is something I talk about now is like trying to describe how I'm feeling and just, just having this incredibly, the video is still out there somewhere. Don't know where it is, but it's out there. And, um, I ended it. And then I just, this insane outpouring of now it wasn't like, um, It definitely wasn't like, oh my God, she's suicidal. Someone go check on her kind of mental breakdown. But it was like, this is what I'm feeling. Like, has anybody else ever felt this way? I don't know how to, you know, and just this outpouring of on social and in person. Mm -hmm. Like I had multiple jobs at the time. So I would go to these jobs and people just like come up to me and hug me. And they're like, I didn't know anybody felt like I felt like I feel that way too you know, and just kind of just, wow, thank you for being so courageous and putting it. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what did I do? <laughs> it's almost like I blacked out. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm humiliated. I can't believe I did that. But just the love, the support, it's just, I was like, wow, it kind of just was this aha moment for me of maybe we need to talk about this more. And I, that was kind of around the time that you started seeing people talk about it more and get this. The only person that thought I was a lunatic and that I was crazy was my ex. He came up to me and he was like, how dare you do that? Like you made yourself look ridiculous. Like, I can't believe that you would do that. And I'm like, and I remember telling him like, everybody else seems to think that this was a positive, like, look at the impact that I just did. And so many people are telling me like, their stories and their experiences now. And he's like, I don't care. You're humiliating. You're ridiculous. And I'm right. like, okay. Like, and I'm like, that's the only one I heard, you know, like that right. one of course. through everything. So, right. um, then I just stopped for a while, but then, you mm-hmm. know, I, thank God that ended, but I definitely stepped back into that space and here we are today, but that was yeah. probably not the best way to start opening up, but, but that is, well, what but, it, but, but it is the best way because that's what started the ball moving for you. You know, yeah. and I and and if we go and second guess everything, I mean, I'm kind of like, okay, why did I start doing what I did for a living, helping people come out of the closet? Well, it was part of my own therapy, and there were there were times right. I had the same feeling, right? Like, right. okay, why did I do it this way, right? Because of course, as soon as I started becoming somewhat a known entity, oh, I had the haters come out really quickly, and then of, of course, course, those were the only ones I heard, right? Like, well, yeah, of maybe course. I shouldn't be doing this because yes, I know I. I did, you know, there was pain in my world, you know, with my ex-wife and okay, yeah, I get that, which I've, I had already lived all that a hundred million times in my own head and other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also realized, and this is when, when this kicked in for me was 
my business was spiraling because I was like, I'm not making any money and this is ridiculous, but I'm, you know, I'm being called to this. Right. Mm -hmm. So the two were in conflict. Like I'm being called to this, but I can't make any money, but then, you know, (laughs) and I finally realized that first of all, playing victim Mm -hmm. doesn't get me anywhere. Yeah. Understanding myself and giving me self care will get me everywhere. Yes. And as soon as I started leaning into that, not only for my personal well-being, but even in my business head, and I started inviting both of them to the table. Yes, I have a little conference table that my business person, which is one side of Rick, and my logical personal Rick sits there, and then I, the CEO, stand. Y'all envision this. <laughs> I have paper cut out Ricks all around this table. No, I'm kidding. But I might do that. Might help even more. So, exactly. but um, as soon as I started inviting all of myself to the table. And being gentle with myself. I think that's the key thing. No matter what it is that's driving your anxiety, depression, lack of self-worth, is invite yourself fully to the table to say, I hear you, I feel you, I see you. Sometimes that's all you're going to get is yourself. Which kind of leads me to, you were kind of feeling this way the other day. And you were going to write a letter to somebody because you're like, I don't know how to communicate this. I didn't. I, I didn't. And sometimes I don't. I, I, I fancy myself pretty good at articulating it at this point and not afraid to do that. I just, there's still that part of your brain. That's like, at least for me, then like, Oh God, I'm sure he doesn't want to hear this right now. Cause he hears it all the time, (laughs) which is not how he feels for the record. My husband is extremely um, amazing when it comes to that. So, but I was like, yeah, I just feel like I need to write you a letter because I don't really know how I'm feeling right now. This, I mean, I, I know think there's this war that's happening right now, but it's not severe. I don't really understand it. I'm trying to push through it. I mean, um, just, but I think it's important on that note, mm-hmm. at least to keep the people in your life aware of how you're feeling. I think when mm-hmm. we, cause you know, we just have to, it, it, because we, we do with other feelings like, Oh, I'm angry right now. Or, you know, I'm grieving or I'm, you know, we, we very much articulate feelings in general, but when it comes to our mental health, sometimes we don't. And I find that very interesting sometimes. Well, because let's be honest, there's a stigma. Sure. And, and, and the stigma is is something that's generated for generations. I mean, so before we hopped on and we were having, you know, the conversation here live, you and I were talking about this to some degree. I mean, my parents, we don't talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. their generation we don't talk about this stuff and now that i realize what an ass i was to my mom because i'm like get over it mom i realized that's what she'd heard all her life because yeah. her generation and the generation before her and now that i can i've been able to continue to be open to that um i actually can see even in my grandparents both sides of that where that kind of stance, even though there was there was definitely some mental illness in, well, not so much in my mom's side of the family that I that I know of, but my dad's side there was definitely some mental illness and challenges, and then my ex wife's family definitely, and it's but again that generation they didn't we don't talk about this stuff you know I right. can't tell you how you know my dad is one you know who said numerous times he went to therapy once he goes now. Nah, this doesn't, I don't need this. doesn't do any good. Not for me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. But it, I think that's part of it because we've been put into this world where mm, this doesn't work. 
then there's the flip side where people bash people like, oh, really? I mean, I, I was with a friend of mine. Oh, this has been a few months ago. We were kind of in a small group. And he goes, yeah, I just was at my therapist. And I saw one of the other people in the group kind of look at him like, oh, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, first of all, yay for him to be able to candidly just to say, hey, yeah, I saw my therapist and da, 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 right? Yeah, right. And then I just wanted to look at the other person and go, maybe you should <laughs> You should consider this too if you get that kind of a look to somebody. Um, but I think that's the thing is the stigma is there. And so then we crawl into our little hole of it's just me. And then we don't know how to articulate the things. You know, when I, you know, I was sharing the story with you about, you know, my recent stroke and then being really emotional, you know, and my husband said to me, What can I do? I said, if you can help me release this emotion, that would be really great. But I said, it, it like gets there and then it goes yep. away and then it gets mm-hmm. there and it goes away. I said, you know, I'm just going to say, don't be surprised if suddenly you walk in and I'm blubbering like an idiot. Or maybe I said, well, God help us that I'm not driving a car and suddenly it breaks down, you know, <laughs> but but um, I think that's the thing, Britt, is that we've been told this isn't cool, so to speak. And I think what you're doing, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, that what you do with motivating kids is to really help them own that. Because you see this in a lot of teens that you work with, correct? Yes. I, oh gosh. I mean, and why the youth is because obviously that's when I was really struggling, but what I, what I remember thinking when I was young was, oh man, if I just had somebody tell me like, Hey, I'm feeling that way too, or me too. I think that would have made all the difference for me, Rick. I really, really do. And when I'm sitting in front of people most recently at this last conference, I'm just walking in. They don't, you know, no one's talking to me yet. We're getting ready to have session. And I hear the conversations happening between these students that are like, oh, I'm so glad this this is happening because my anxiety has been through the roof lately. And Mm -hmm. I just... I so badly just, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, it's so hard to like, to, to just, to just think about them all today, struggling and just remembering who I was then. And, and, and then afterwards, you know, having these, these young people come up to me and just hearing and just hugging me or thank you. Like nobody knows I'm struggling. I don't know how to tell my parents this. Like I'm a straight A student. I'm like the high achiever. Like, look at me. I mean, it, it's, we just don't know. You don't know what people are struggling with. And I remember particularly this, this student at this last event I was at in Florida and she was sitting to my left, you know, and I had said a little bit about my story. And then I also talked a little about the impulse control disorder I have, which is called trichotillomania and it's a hair pulling disorder. Um, and it's strongly linked to anxiety and like OCD and things like that. And I saw her out of my peripheral have some sort of like physical reaction when I said that, um, was a thing. And then she came up after me afterwards to me and said, this session was made my whole weekend worth it at this conference. She's like, I struggle with this. And she was showing me different parts of her body, like her arm and her hair, like that she pulls her hair out and she's like, I've done this and I don't know what it is. I cannot believe that this is a thing. So Mm -hmm. I sent her a bunch of resources, but I was like, yeah, this is a thing. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know it was a thing either, you know? And I just, but it is the thing is, is that the, the things that we like, Oh wow. I would never think of that, you know? Um, it's hard to it's hard to fathom what people think. Okay, 
I do this. This is the only way I feel something, you know? And yet once we're enlightened to some of the struggles, each one of us deals with life in different ways. So that's the first thing is yeah. you realize we're all going to do it in our own way. Um, one of my, one of my clients literally just hold up, like hold up from the pandemic and continued to hold up and hold up, hold up. And now we're, we're, we're making headway and they are getting out and doing stuff, you know, but that was his way of coping, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to watch each of us go, what's our thing. You know, um, I've had several people through my life that the, the pulling out the hair and everything. I had a, I actually had a friend who actually like, <laughs> this is going to hurt who literally pulled every eyebrow out. That was the way they coped. Yeah. I've you seen know, that. And, yeah. And mm -hmm. so part of this is, uh, you know, the reason again, we're talking about this stuff is, and you posted something just a couple of days ago, I think in our team channel, as well as on your own Instagram stuff, like make sure you're checking in on your people mm -hmm. because, and I guess, you know, we're recording this the day after yeah. Twitch from mm -hmm. Ellen DeGeneres um, took his life by suicide. And for all, all the surface intents and purposes, nobody saw it, you know, and this is so, you know, okay. Yes. He's a somewhat of, of a celebrity. So those always kind of remind us, but there's so many that aren't celebrities that are sitting every day. right there every day, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's a big piece of the puzzle is a realize, and this is going to sound really trite folks. I know I'm about to say something. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. And one conversation one conversation can help you move through it. Even if that conversation is here, I have a letter because I don't know how to communicate right now. Mm -hmm. It can be such a big thing. So what is something that you're seeing right now with a lot of your teens? Like, is there a consistency of, is it mostly anxiety? Obviously we all know social media pressure. That's a biggie. But do you think it's more anxiety driven, depression driven? And I know it all works together. I mean, we know this, but what are you seeing as a trend in your teens? Um, it's definitely they articulate anxiety, definitely. And and a lot of the like decision makers and adults that I connect with in the process of getting to the teenagers will tell me stories and how they can't even make it through the door, or you know, it's just but here's, here's something that <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people know about me is I also have a master's in behavioral psychology. So mm -hmm. I, I, I understand a little bit more than maybe the average person on, you know, why we act the way we act. And so, but <clears throat> what's interesting. And I tell my husband this too, cause he's a teacher of high school students. Cause sometimes he'll not just about mental health, but in general, he's like, I don't know why kids don't do this or say this or what's going on. And I'm like, <clears throat> unfortunately that part of our brain where we're able to reason okay and understand isn't really developed till we're about you know between 19 right. and 22 years old so right. you're you're forcing these kids into a situation let's even use the pandemic mm -hmm. they don't know they can't reason they can't see past what's happening right now they don't mm -hmm. have the skills to do this no wonder you know is yes. what i'm like i'm like hello <laughs> so yep I mean, yep. so to be able to even say that to like adults, it's like, Hey, like 
we need to actively teach different things at this mm-hmm. level. So, and that's what I, I focus on is not so maybe much the preaching and the teaching. It's like, let's focus on some proactive, you know, things right. that we can do today and not so reactive when these things happen, because when we, you, you're not seeing it yet and it's not your fault. Like we just need to kind of implement these things mm-hmm. now. So they're easier to cope with in the future. So to have some grace and understanding that these students and these kids, they just don't have the skills yet. So we need mm-hmm. to be like, handle them with extra care in in my right. opinion. Well, I agree a hundred percent. And I think one of, one of, um, one of the most recent conversations I had about this was a friend of mine who speaks on rape culture. And she says, you know, we do a great job of prevention, so to speak. Right. What we're not doing a great job of is the aftermath. And she goes, prevention is one thing, but yes, let's, let's try to get the prevention started for people who, you know, for kids, I, I'm a hundred percent with you here because I don't feel like I know, you know, and of course I'm a, you know, I was, I went through high school in the dinosaur age, but nobody was, we had one class, one class that talked about health, health right. class. That was it. Health health class. <laughs> and a little <laughs> tiny bit of mental health mixed in there. Yet get the grade, get the grade, do this, excel at sports, do the, you know, and for the kid that's like, that don't fly. That don't, that jam don't work with me. Right. The pressure. And now, you know, here we are in a world where it's get the grade, get this, be the Instagram influencer, have all the followers, da, 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 you know, make money, get through the freaking pandemic, even though we're not going to teach you how to do that. Right. It's no <laughs> wonder, you know, and I, and there were a lot of parents I talked to too. They're like, I didn't sign up to be a teacher. I'm like, oh yeah, me. Of course I'm going, thank God, my kid, <laughs> my kid, right, right. I don't have to worry right. about it. But I think this is part of, this is the, the epitome of, we're missing out on some good preparedness, number one. Yeah. And some of the, we'll just deal with it this way. And and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with, yes, go get some therapy, go do it. But it's beyond right. that once a week therapy session and right. sometimes two or three, you know, how can we help people prevent it or at least know what to be looking for in themselves and others and better manage it as a u- united front. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. In fact, I was recording a um, podcast with a friend of mine um, literally last night who lives in Colorado Springs. So they've just gone through the whole Q, you know, Q shooting and everything. And her her mm-hmm. daughter and son-in-law and her have gone to that club many times. Mm-hmm. And they we had a really deep conversation about the mental health around that. And, and just yeah. the fact that, two friends of theirs were just in Congress um, mm. speaking about this whole thing yesterday and the mental gymnastics that they had to go through to get there. And she goes, I don't know how they do it. I'm like, I don't either because we were, we were raised in a generation where this stuff wasn't talked about. Here's these two brave people who survived that thing, willing to go stand in front of Congress and talk mm. about this stuff, which just that mental capacity to do that is huge. Yes, it's mm-hmm. easy for me to sit here behind this microphone and you to do what you sure. do. But man, I don't know if I'd have what it takes to go do that because it's it puts you in a whole other mental space of, you know, here's where we are. But I think as you and I have both learned, Britt, <clears throat> even to put ourselves out there the way we do in social media and through this podcast and everything, 
it's one of the things that actually keeps me going. It keeps mm-hmm. me going. Like I I'm reaching out and I'm not trying to put us up on a pedestal, but no, it's more of, I want to keep having impact. And if other right. people can hear, and especially to your teens, Hey, I went through this. This is how I did it. Here's some things that I can help you with prevention. That to me is the core message that we need to put more emphasis on prevention and working with it once you realize this is where you're at. So what's something that you do for yourself? Like when you have those moments, besides writing a letter to somebody, you're like, I don't know how to express myself, but what's something on a daily basis? Because I know I, it hits me on a daily basis. What's something you do to like move yourself forward? Well, first I like that you said the prevention and then like the managing. Cause I think like, especially in my twenties, it was definitely very reactive. It was never trying to figure out how to manage it. And I was definitely suffering from, but I've, I have, I always say like, I've gone from suffering from to living with, right? Like that's, it's, it's about getting to a place of managing and controlling the controllables and, you know, trying to let go of the things that we can't control and, and adapting, right? Like just learning and owning, these are the parts of myself. They're not going to change. What can I do to make my life easier, make my life easier, you know, people's lives around me, but also still functioning as a happy, help, healthy human being, right? Like that's, that's where we have to get to. And the number one thing that I, I even talk about this, Rick, is we have to lean into the things that bring us joy. So managing mental illness and mental struggles is a daily actionable, intentional thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a living thing. It's not something that we do this. And again, the reactive techniques, things when you're in the throes of it are so important, but that's all yep. we talk about really. That's all we hear is, you know, deep breathing meditation, like, you know, you know, but like, but what am I doing every day? Like, right. what can I do every day? So that's what I like to talk about is because mm-hmm. when, when we're really stressed or we're struggling. And again, you don't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be mental health struggles. It could be anything when we're down, when we're out for the count, the first things that we let go of are the things that bring us joy for some reason. I, I, I have noticed this pattern with myself, with human beings in general, when we get stressed or we're anxious or something, we immediately let go of the things that bring us joy. We, mm-hmm. we just do. They take up too much of our time. I don't have time. I'm stressed. I'm struggling. Why would I lean? Why would I do this? I need to let it go. And it's like, that's the first thing that that Mm -hmm. we should go into. So already we are, and I say this from a personal experience, I'm setting myself up for failure. I'm making this harder Mm -hmm. on myself than it needs to be. So constantly reminding myself that the daily action items. And I'm like you, I, I, I believe in movement. Like we were very much into different physical activities and I hate saying yep. working out because that's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely movement walking, because we do know that movement changes your yep. physio, the physiology of your brain. Like it just, yep. that's a thing. Um, so just constantly moving my body, eating certain foods that, that make me yep. feel good. I mean, yep. and, and, self-forgiveness. I mean, there are so many other things I do daily, but when I'm in the throes of it, sometimes these things, I don't let go of the things that bring me joy, but you have to listen to what your body needs at the time. And sometimes I need to lay in the shower and cry for an hour Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's healthy. That's good. That's what I'm going to do. If I resist this for too long, and I'm sure you can 
um, understand what I'm saying when I say this, if I resist the anxiety, if I resist these feelings, if I try and power through too much, it's just going to get worse. And it's like, absolutely. We need to move through it to get to the other side. And really, and and part of it too, is how, how we, um, how we talk to ourselves about these things. Yes. Like you need to get through this. Just, you know, just let it go. No. Think of the talk, the words you're using with yourself. And for me, and I'll use, I will use yesterday as a really good example. I hadn't been able to swim. I wanted to. And then of course there was like, okay, well, if I swim and I get too physical, well, you know, you know, all the crazy stuff that my doctor even said, no, just go do your thing, man. But then I heard that other voice going, well, but is that really going to help? Is that going <laughs> to, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's cold out, you know, oh, yeah. 58 degrees out. here in California. I do that. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> it's like- and I'm like, okay, but, but what I immediately did to your point is I'm like, yes, but how will this help me? How will this help me? And I'm so glad I did because I got there and I'm like, okay, it's going to be chilly. I even, I even put on my swim shirt, which I hardly ever wear, but I'm like, okay, it's going to be chilly. And all you listen going 58 degrees and it's chilly. Get over it, man. That's nothing. (laughs) Right. But 58 degrees in California and you're about to jump in an outdoor pool. Yeah. It was so funny, Britt, because I sat down on the edge. Usually I would have just jumped in, like, just take the plunge. Like, but I'm like, you know, my little voice going, but yeah. And then what if that triggers (laughs) You know, something that goes, oh, here he goes. He's into another freaking stroke. I'm like, no, just sit down. As soon as I put my legs in the water, it was so beautiful and warm. And I suddenly, I was like so happy. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to do this. And I immediately got rid of the swim shirt. I'm like, no, I don't need this. And again, I gave myself the grace and the self-care. As soon as I was in, I said in my head, have fun doing this, but do it in a way that supports you. You don't have to go do the 1500 meters like you're used to doing. Maybe today you're only going to do two to 500 meters. Don't even care how much you're doing. And each thing from movement, I think movement's a great thing. People go, well, I don't meditate. That's okay. You don't have to meditate. meditate. (laughs) But what a difference it makes is when you're feeling like this, it's like, okay, first of all, move, get out of the space, get out of the room that you're in is one. Mm -hmm. It's that's, it can be that simple, like move to another space in the house. It can mm-hmm. be go, you know, if you're working in front of the computer, grab a book, grab a magazine, turn on, I don't care, turn on some trashy Netflix, whatever. I don't care. Anything to break the pattern mm-hmm. because that's what we yep. need. We need to break the internal pattern and move it. If it's something to eat, I agree hundred percent. I have my, like, not my, you know, cookies and <laughs> everything that I right? do. Like, like let's <laughs> right? go pound through it. But I keep like really good stuff like for me that I know is good that really changes like I keep blackberries and raspberries and stuff like Mm -hmm. that on hand like okay I know as soon as I get those in because I know antioxidants and all that I don't want to go too deep in there I know some of my listeners are going that's a big word for Rick what how do you know that well (laughs) my my background people is I'm a dietitian that's my background a lot of people don't know that about me you never know it to look at my big boy body but anyway but I find these little things that are like yes even just going out the front door and just stand outside for you know just a few minutes that little bit of fresh air is something that's absolutely amazing here's a little trick that i learned years ago most of us live in homes where there's curtains or blinds or some sort of thing on now granted most of us open those up but have you ever noticed that maybe just maybe when you're feeling the way you're feeling Maybe you don't have the blinds open. Maybe the curtains aren't completely open. 
I have blinds in my office here that are open, but when I'm really feeling like, Ooh, something's wrong. Of course, now I'm looking over going, wait, I didn't open those this morning. Because <laughs> uh, my little plants need that. Um, but when I'm feeling like, wow, let's really change everything. I will literally go like raise, you know, they're, they're open, but I will literally go raise the blinds completely up so mm-hmm. that it's now it is literally, there's no little slats hiding my view. None mm-hmm. of that. You know, I have even, I I'm very blessed to live in a really beautiful part of California where I literally look out my office windows through these beautiful hillsides. There are days that I just like, stop, just, just look at that gorgeous green, which is now green, thank God, um, gorgeous green hillside and just take that in. Mm-hmm. Just take take one little thing in. I was really pissed off about a year ago. I could look out my window and there was this beautiful, huge tree. It was probably, I don't know, 150 foot tall or something. Then they decided they're going to build some apartments across the tree- street. So that tree went down. And I remember the day that they took it down. I'm like, that was my tree. That was my little, hey, buddy, how you doing? You know, right. <laughs> Luckily, there's still another one there. But I'm like, I can't believe they took my tree buddy away because that was something I would focus on. So any of these techniques is, I think, what Britt and I are trying to share that, you know, just find the thing that works for you. It doesn't have to be the thing that works for everybody else. No. Yeah. And I I always say that because it's just like what triggers our anxiety or our depression is going to be different. Therefore, how we cope is going to be different too. Mm -hmm. And I think something I want people to know too, is that you may do these things one time and you're like, I don't feel much different. It's like, well, just like when we go to the gym or we're trying to accomplish a goal, one action isn't necessarily going to see a lot of results. Consistency is key. Like really understanding and like putting yourself in positions and putting it on your schedule and being very intentional about the things that bring you joy and over time, you know, and really kind of seeing the effects that they, that they have on you. And that can be very overwhelming, especially in the new year. And right now, as this is airing, it is the new year. Um, I, people get very overwhelmed and a lot of people fail when they try to implement these things. So I always Mm -hmm. try to challenge people like, don't actively implement multiple things. Like Mm -mm. don't do that to yourself. Just do one, just change Mm -hmm. one thing and make sure it serves you, right? It's serving you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, or whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish. And also let's remove, let's remove Mm -hmm. one behavior that doesn't serve us because I do think there needs to be an exchange because we can't constantly build on top of behaviors that don't serve us. We need to constantly, you know, try to level. And that's something I have definitely over experienced once I found the things that bring me joy, like movement, I invest in that. Like I will never regret investing in myself for things like, like, you know, we have the Peloton and, you know, I have Beachbody on demand and I have a gym member. I I invest in my health because I know what it does for me mentally. And I have removed people. I've removed Mm -hmm. certain things, certain actions, certain behaviors that don't serve me. I mean, it just becomes this nice this nice, not balanced because that's not what we want here. We want harmony with, right. you know, the things that bring us joy and help us. And it's just, but it's ba- a, boundaries so- is such a big thing though. Oh yes. Boundaries with <laughs> others and with things and with ourselves. Ourselves. You know, the, yeah. 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 The boundary. I mean, I I've seen that work so effectively. Like I set some boundaries with myself right after I had the stroke, I'm like, okay, you, you are only going to work what's absolutely necessary. 
you're not going to try to accommodate anybody who needs, you know, they need to get, you know, a, a coaching session in, or this needs to be done. What well, this happened right before Christmas. So I'm like down to the wire of, okay, there's certain things that got to get bought before, you know, we have family Christmas. I'm like, guess what, Rick, you've got two weeks. You've got two weeks for all of this to get done. So take the two weeks. Now, that's not mm -hmm. typically like, okay, I'm out of the hospital. Let's go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm like, nope, there's still, there's still a few, there were still a few presents that had to be like purchased. I'm like, well, my first thought was, well, how many of these can I just purchase online? And it just going to show up because right. <laughs> that's so much easier, which typically is the way we do our holiday anyway. But I started really dialing into what's the boundary I need to set with myself? Like, what, what do I need to do? Do I need to rush off and start trying to exercise? Which I'm glad I did because movement is a big thing when you come out of a stroke, like get back into movement, doing everything. But I think most of us, and it's probably a good place to kind of like bring everything full circle. If we don't first own, this is our struggle. And we don't start to protect that struggle with the right boundaries. I hate to say it, it's kind of on ourselves. But yeah. as soon as we oh, embrace no. it, and as soon as we have the conversations with the people that we need to, whether it's a spouse, a parent, children, a professional, you know, therapist, a coach, whatever that may work for you. And again, folks, the best thing you can do is find what works for you. Not mm -hmm. everything is going to work for you that worked for somebody else. What works for me doesn't work for Brit, you know, all these different things. I mean, you know, you talked about the, you know, focus on one thing. I mean, I'm focused on just growing one hair, one hair out of my little bald head this year. That's it. I just want one, one new hair on my top of my bald head. That's all. No, I don't really give a shit. I love being bald so much cheaper. But um, I think those are the things and have, you know, have some humor around your stuff too. Yes. I think that's really important. So, well, my friend, I'm yes. so glad you were willing to come spend this time and share yourself and be part of my audience and their lives. Thank you. you I, I am so <clears throat> grateful, Rick, seriously. Yeah. So very if people want to follow you, kind of do some quick little shout outs. What's your Instagram handle? Sure. Uh, my Instagram handle is the Brittany Richmond. Um, yeah, you can find me there. It's usually where I hang out the most anyway. Cool. Uh, and my website is brittanyrichmond.com. Awesome. I didn't realize, I mean, I know because we're Instagram friends. I'm like, Oh, she had to do what I had to do. We're both the, it's like, it's not because yes. we're special. it's like somebody no. stole my, I, I <clears throat> even had a conversation with Brittany Richmond. I said, I will buy it from you. I'm mm -hmm. willing to pay yeah, nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, I, and the person who owns mine doesn't do anything. I'm as I, it's one of those, but I'm letting it go. I let it go, let it go. because <laughs> that's what we do. So, and we encourage all of you to let it go, be yourself, yes. own your truth, be who you are in your own mental well-being. And go out and make 2023 the year that you embrace your mental wellness, you take care of yourself, and you set the boundaries so that you can unapologetically be who you're meant to be in the world. So thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back in just another week. And again, Brittany, thank you so much for being you and showing up in the world the way you do. Thank you, Rick. Same. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. 
here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping into living your life uncloseted.